Welcome back. Welcome back to our first regular quote unquote style podcast. I don't know what, what is regular anymore. We <laughs> you said that earlier, but now we do so many like different styles of podcasts. I guess nothing is really regular, but just me and Ruben sitting down having a uh, a varied chat. Uh, first time since December, lad. Yeah, well, exactly. What's been two months now? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, we did uh... one. We squeezed one out right before Christmas, Christmas and then... Uh, we did an inter- interview with Pete Johnson. So much stuff. To, there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about that yeah. we've done since then. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, we can just kind of back. recap it, I guess, what we've been up to since then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, quite shortly after we went or we recorded that uh, final episode of the of the year, uh, we, uh, we traveled to Portugal, uh, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of you guys might have noticed that we were posting a lot. <laughs> From cafes, we could finally have a smoke again with a, with a coffee on the side, uh, by the street. So that was really nice. Uh, we no, packed a lot was... of cigars. Yeah, no, th- that's so true. I I almost forgot the whole cafe thing because it's, <laughs> it feels so natural when we're there, and then it feels so natural when we're here as well. Like we're so used to it at this yeah. point that it's illegal here in Sweden to smoke outdoors at seated areas. That it's like that was so nice though. That was really amazing to to just sit outside. Yeah, what was we your did. favorite uh, moment, lad, or or smoke? Uh, well, my favorite smoke had to be um, the the New Year's sorry New Year's smoke. Uh, oh yeah, I'm getting all hot thinking about it. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos oh Destino right. Siglo. That was a um, that was my New Year's smoke. That we, mm. uh, as some of you guys might know from like uh, the earlier part of the day uh on december 30th 31st mm. we smoked like a a nicer cigar that we can really sit down and, and enjoy and not like get mm-hmm. caught up in the entire uh countdown uh, thing so yeah that was a really yeah. nice moment also sitting at the place where we we got kind of friendly with the guy people there <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we became regulars at several spots yeah but it was just like a nice nice local cafe with a bunch of portuguese people like it wasn't uh it wasn't very touristy. I mean, in general, I would say like Algarve wasn't that touristy in the winter months. It's it, it didn't feel very touristy no, it wasn't, in general. No. So it was nice. Um, yeah, that's a good cigar lot. I think and for me, you, I'm gonna. Uh, my I had a, a nice New Year's Eve cigar, uh, the one that we had it for like that earlier in the day smoke. I had a 2004 Monte Cristo Petit Tubos, which is nice, but I think I think the uh, the Tatuaje Black Label was more memorable because mm-hmm. i don't know it was just like very cool smoking a tatuaje that's not available in sweden and then obviously because we knew it was going to come yeah. later in the month that was that was really really cool but before okay so before we jump on because we have more stuff to, to let's not forget the the important segment lad oh yeah uh, of what's in your glass yeah <laughs> what's in your glass lad Uh, so actually pretty perfect that I got to tell uh, the story about Portugal first because I, I bought a brandy back from Portugal, mm. uh, the CRF 1920 bottle, uh, a brandy that we uh, drank several times uh, while smoking our cigars. Uh, let's see how it goes without without a cigar accompanying it. <laughs> yeah, we barely had any of their brandies without cigars. We did, <laughs> yeah. we did I think, at New Year's. And we, those brandies are super underrated, to be honest. Yeah, they were really cheap as well. I think those was around 10 euros at the airport. Mm. And um, yeah, we barely smoked them without cigars, and we barely smoked them after like 4 p.m. We always yeah. had them in the early afternoon. 
<laughs> true vacation times just <laughs> yeah. drinking i mean yeah that was that was basically our day we would do something active during the day like go check out a a, a cool site or like go to the like chill at the beach or something but then yeah. like as soon as it hit that like 3 p.m mark after lunch it'd be <laughs> cafe coffee some kind of liqueur or liquor or or brandy or whatever it was and uh, and a cigar yeah the tatuaje was was really cool for me um I'll say quickly, I, I have a Barcelo Imperial mm-hmm. Onyx. This is a Dominican rum. I think I, I think I had the normal Barcelo Imperial uh, on one of these podcasts before, but this was actually from uh, Manny, our good friend, who, uh, who introduced me to the whole Barcelo Imperial line. This is their like heavy, heavy charred oak barrel-aged rum. So it's, yeah, it, it's kind of an unusual aging process where the barrels are like double charred. So they're like really heavily burnt the barrels, and that impedes like you can tell. Ruben can oh, see yeah. how dark this rum is. is. It like nice. gives a really, really char like woody, really heavy woody, and almost like a smoky flavor. Uh, so I'll say for for people that like whiskey and haven't gotten into rums, if you can find the Barcelo Imperial Imperial Onyx, it's a, like this cool black bottle. Then I, I'd recommend it. It's a good segue in between whiskeys and rums. Mm-hmm. Give it a taste. Mm good mouthfeel but yeah the why why um why was i hinting at the tatuaje a lot i guess that's the next thing that we did when we came back yeah uh so we both smoked a uh, tatuaje each in portugal because okay. uh, we needed to smoke a tatuaje before interviewing <laughs> the uh, uh, the Pete johnson um yeah the guy behind tatuaje and uh wow that was a that was a lovely interview such a calm and relaxed uh guy who's just mm-hmm. uh yeah he just shared his knowledge of like cigars mm-hmm. in general we didn't do such a deep dive into uh into tatuaje since i mean i think a lot of people know about it uh we wanted to more mm-hmm. like pick his brain about general stuff uh, that you want to know when meeting such a uh, profile of in the cigar industry yeah, no, I completely agree. I think he was so extremely down to earth mm-hmm. and uh, I guess friendly really is the word because like he was yeah. just so like, I don't know, so such a warm guy. Like he made us uh, feel really chill throughout that episode and it made me really happy in the end how he like he seemed to have actually kind of enjoyed the interview, like which was cool. And uh, like you said, I mean, we really went in with the mindset of mm-hmm. not asking him all the same questions he's answered over and over and over uh because obviously he has this cool background of being a musician and mm-hmm. all this stuff and like how did how did you start your brand and all that stuff I, I feel like a lot of these guys when they've been interviewed countless times like pete johnson has they'll probably get sick and tired of answering the same questions again so that, yeah we wanted to go a little bit more unorthodox which i think it was it was a little bit uh, appreciated by him so it was really cool um and then yeah. we got interviewed a lot yeah, we, we got interviewed. It's the most mind-blowing thing <laughs> of all. Uh, yeah, this is... We, we were talking about this like a week after it happened, uh, just like how crazy and surreal it was uh, because we were on the uh, Meet the Professor show uh, hosted mm. by Jeremiah Marapfel, uh, Carlito Fuente, and uh, Jose Blanco. Um, and for us to be one of the names now that has been on that show... Uh, I mean, you guys have to check out their YouTube uh, where they have posted all the interviews because there are the absolute like most interesting people in the cigar industry among there. And uh, for us to get the invitation was, yeah, it was 
really surreal. Yeah, surreal, I think, is the perfect word to summarize it. I mean, like, yeah, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I really urge you to watch it just because maybe you'll stumble upon some of their other interviews. Because, I mean, this is the show Mm -hmm. to watch, I think, just because it's, it's like, it's hosted by Carlito Fuente as one of the people in it. And that that itself is just such a cool thing. Uh, but they have, I mean, they really, they, they say it's a who's who of the cigar industry on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. I'd say maybe that's, that doesn't hold very true now that we've been <laughs> <No>. on it. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, generally they've had, you know, David Savona, the chief editor of, uh, of Cigar Aficionado. They've had Jorge Padron, Padron obviously, yeah. of Padron Cigars. They've had Rocky Patel, Steve Saka, Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate. They've had, I mean, literally every single biggest mm-hmm. cigar brand owner they've had. They've had every single biggest journalist, all these people on. And we are kind of the first and only people that have been on that aren't actually really connected to the industry in terms of our job. You know, like yeah. this is just yeah. 100% still a hobby that we're doing. So that's kind of that, that's. I mean, it shocked us when when he invited us on. I never would have expected it to be honest. No, absolutely, and it was uh, it was of course like uh, nerve wracking at first just to be <laughs> uh, be on there. Uh, but it, once again, uh, they were so chill, and of course, we'd like uh, talk to Jose uh, a few times before, and uh, feel like mm-hmm. like we have good connection with him. Um, yeah. But just the rest of the the guys on the show. Uh, it was a really chill vibe, and uh, I mean they have that in in like all their interviews. It's it's very relaxed and uh, and yeah, and they just do it in a great 100%. way. I feel they just joke around and uh, they're all friends really. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really mm-hmm. are. And chill is another word used that I wanted to piggyback on because it's something I wanted us to mention during the episode if it came up in a natural question, but it didn't really. Uh, but to get like a behind the scenes peek of how all this stuff works, I mean, it is really chill because all of our interviews that we've done with all these high profile guys in the industry, it's just been done through like Instagram mm-hmm. DMs and like every once in a while we'll have like a WhatsApp call maybe with Jose Blanco or something. But it's like not really organized in a very professional manner, which I think is so cool. And that is very telling of the the vibe of the cigar industry and it matches what the cigar industry really is. But it was the same way with this, you know, like Jose Blanco just called us out of the blue yeah. less than a week before going on, which I think was really nice because we didn't have so much time to freak out about it. But all <laughs> of it was just handled in such a chill manner. It was the same with Pete Johnson, really. You know, he was like, yeah, we were just kind of casually brainstorming dates we could do it and it wasn't like yeah an email back and forth between his secretary and i just I, I don't know i love that about the cigar industry it's it's very telling yeah like everyone is so completely close to each other like in proximity just to reaching out which is really cool because mm-hmm. everyone has their own accounts and like really communicates yeah. uh, via them and are most of them very active on social media which is oh yeah um, is very like great for the community to be able to just reach out like that yeah like i'm thinking where else because if you if you tag tatuaje inc which Mm -hmm. is the at for pete johnson's instagram account and if you like dm him or whatever it's actually him talking there like he's actually using that account and he's the guy writing there and he's like ruben said very active i can't even think of any other sector or industry or i guess hobby where where that's the case you know what i mean like I guess cigars is kind of a niche hobby, but there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of active cigar 
like cigar account users mm-hmm. on Instagram. So for these guys to be that in touch with everyone is super, super cool as well. Uh, just going on a little bit of a tangent here, but it is, it is really cool. And if you guys, I don't know if you guys listen and like wonder how all this stuff goes on behind the scenes, like, I guess that's the reason we as such young guys can be part of all this. Cause it is all such ca- so casual and it is so easy to reach out to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just a, it's just a cool, cool little behind the scenes of how the cigar industry really works. It's, it's so, it's so, it's so awesome. Yeah, and uh, definitely one of the like very positive things with social media as well. I mean, there's a lot of talk about how it's so ruining our generation and all that. But when you get these uh, uh, like uh, outcomes from it, it's uh, yeah, it's very incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, lad, let's uh, let's move on to something uh, we wanted to talk about in this podcast, which is kind of the. Um, I guess the clickbait title that I'm going to put on the episode is why you <laughs> might have might have watched it or clicked onto this. Um, but I, I, I will start it off by discussing this shortly. Actually, today, Cigar Aficionado, on the February of 22nd of February, uh, on Tuesday, to TWO, as people are calling it today, <laughs> 22nd. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah, this exactly. cr- cringy thing. Uh, anyway, uh, they are uh, reporting that the latest stats of you know American cigar imports are still showing that the imports are continuing to increase, uh, and basically that the uh, amount of cigars smoked this year in the states will top 400 million, which will be the first time since the boom of the 1990s. Damn. So basically, we are kind of in a second boom, although it's been very gradual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically what they are tying this together with is the sort of lockdown effect, um, which has been yeah. a term that we've seen sporadically used. And basically, uh, Ruben and I talked about this. I remember back in the beginning of the pandemic, we were like, wow, we're getting more DMs from people that are new cigar smokers. You know, I yeah. feel like the lockdown is making people get more time, more disposable income and smoking more. And that's certainly obviously the case now in the numbers. Um, but this does not only affect the states. Um, and what we wanted to talk about now is kind of the effects on the Cuban market because Cuban cigars are in a kind of nuts situation right now. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, I guess I can start off with uh, just like touching on how the how pandemic has because uh, you mes- mentioned the U.S. and uh, mm-hmm. I recently read uh, about one of the importers for Germany, Austria, and Poland uh, who were up. Uh, this for Cuban cigars, 27% in 2020. Uh, mm. So, I mean, like, the pandemic created this mini boom uh, or this lockdown effect, um, and it also created a shortage uh, due to, I mean, obviously the entire, um, like, Earth's entire supply chain uh, was messed up from the pandemic. So, like, it created a mini boom, and it also created supply chain issues. So, mm. like, that's kind of spiralous into... Uh, along with other things now, um, a a Cuban shortage. Yeah, shortage is is the right word. It's it's kind of brutal right now. And I I do remember in maybe the beginning of twenty twenty one that we got a few DMs every once in a while of someone saying, you know, ooh, is is this cigar unavailable for you as well or is this like a problem here in hungary or is this just Mm -hmm. a problem here in greece or whatever people were asking asking me 
Um, and I, at that time, I personally said, no, it's not really that much of a problem here in Sweden. Uh, some cigars are out of stock. Uh, I know the like the big Cuban cigars have been decently out of stock for a while, like Cohiba Siglo 6s. I can't remember the last time I saw mm-hmm. one. Uh, H. Chapman Sir Winston's, although that's a uh, kind of connected to a longer problem Cuba's been having. But some of these cigars have been pretty out of stock, um, but not that bad. But I have to say the last few months, like beginning of 2022 now, maybe end of 2021, even I am seeing personally how bad it is. Like Mm -hmm. I was at a cigar lounge a couple of weeks ago and um, the stock was bad. I mean, it was really bad. Like regular production Cuban cigars in bigger sizes, just not available. Vegas Robaina, the band, the brand hasn't been imported to Sweden for months. Like the entire brand just has been not coming in at all, and this is pretty unprecedented. Like this has not been seen before at all. And I don't know, it was just like really surprising to see how how bad of this, yeah, how bad the shortage really is, and how it's taking over here. Yeah, because I, I mean, some of the cigars there that you mentioned, like the Sir Winston and the Kubias. Kuliba Sigil 6 are mm-hmm. uh, these like bigger cigars uh, which require like bigger leaves mm-hmm. uh, and uh, those or among those um, they have like seen shortages uh, before but now mm-hmm. uh, it's even difficult to get like Robustos yeah. or even those sizes mm-hmm. uh, which is which is yeah, crazy it's brutal. I mean yeah, it's brutal, uh, that is yeah, yeah. The Cubans just can't get enough wrapper leaf, which is uh, which is really true. There was, there are interesting reports. I, I have to say, I have been sort of of the opinion that the Chinese market has been eating up more of the demand. I don't know. There are some reports mm-hmm. now that are saying basically this is not that true. Um, I'm not sure what what side I lie on because obviously Cuba or China went from nothing uh, in terms of imports to being the biggest consumer, single country consumer of Cuban cigars in the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they are eating up more demand, uh, and there are a lot of traveling, you know, Chinese businessmen that buy a lot of stock. That I think they do account for a lot of the Cohiba purchases. Mm-hmm. But still, I don't think a lot of them are buying Vegas Robaina, which is such a which is such a strange brand. Um, but there are some specific. I mean, we wanted to just touch on this because we wanted to bring more attention to this because a lot of people have been asking us. Uh, there are some specific things that have happened, like a fertilizer shortage recently. If you want to talk about that, lot. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, like recently in uh, in Cuba, um, they have uh, faced a a fertilizer shortage. Uh, which in uh, return in their growing region, uh, Pinal del Rio, where all the well tobacco growing is done, um, the the amount of space where they can grow tobacco has reduced 17.6% due to this fertilizer shortage. Uh, so, I mean, that is not a, an insignificant number. Mm-hmm. 17, that is like one-fifth of the tobacco yeah. almost, which is, if you put it in those terms, quite a lot. Also in combination with this uh, increased demand. Yeah, that's, I mean, that. yeah, like Ruben said, both those factors are really messed up. Um, obviously, this is not going to take effect immediately. This is a 2021 crop. 
so probably in like 2023 that's when that's going to be ready or 2024 maybe some of that as yeah. well but i mean that combination is really bad because even if they're starting to bounce back from covid the fact that that cuba has that kind of issue as well is really bad yeah exactly and if you've already seen the like shortages on mm-hmm. shelves or like as people have reported uh, if you go into a a cigar shop and you see like that 90 percent of the portfolio is out of stock already yeah. that they can only supply some of the the lines already mm. and then this is coming in now and there's also other things uh that are happening mm-hmm. right around now in cuba yeah, it's interesting that you said 90%, uh, because that's the number that's been reported online, uh, basically that 90% of the portfolio isn't available. Uh, and this was, I think, reported from Spain and Italy. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the Abanos Nordic distributor, who, who distributes for, uh, for the Nordics, uh, also through our sources here, uh, has reported that 90% of their portfolio is also not being distributed. So it seems like this is... A, yeah completely worldwide shortage which is pretty pretty scary that it's not only regional um and yeah yeah i wanted to because you were hinting on on some other stuff i wanted to 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 throw the ball back to you because not only does cuba have problems with fertilizer so they can't even grow stuff and they can't meet demand but there's also other shit that's going on yeah. when the tobacco's grown exactly uh yeah so on top of this is a really tough time for cuba i mean in back in august uh there was the the her- hurricane. Uh, what was the name of it? Hurricane I- Ida. Oh, I don't. Maybe, yeah, I yeah. can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyway, that hurricane also like affected uh, Cuba's crop, and uh, and just led to a really bad development of, of like their growing mm-hmm. tobacco, but also like growing their bigger leaves. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that obviously like the bad weather conditions obviously uh, affect how big the leaves are, and that's also. Uh, why we're also seeing like a very big um, shortage within bigger ring gauge cigars, mm-hmm. um, and it, and just a few weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. as well, uh, 1.8 tons of tobacco burned up, um, and I mean this is always a constant fear within the tobacco business, right? I mean we've uh, talked about Fuente suffering uh, <laughs> fires many times. Um, but now uh, it's rich Cuba where it's their turn to suffer from this. And I don't really, it's kind of difficult to gauge how much 1.8 tons of tobacco is. Yeah. Um, I tried to count it myself. I think a Robusto is supposedly like 30 grams. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You want to do the math lot? Uh, I mean, this is, uh, yeah, this is just like, create a lot of power you're the engineer major yeah exactly. uh, but yeah no so i think i mean i don't i don't know if that's world changing but that's i mean when you already have so many issues like we've brought up you know the fact that warehouses when the when you finally get t- tobacco that's suitable to roll that tobacco also happens to burn up in warehouses that's yeah. that's a pretty dark yeah i mean it is like uh, millions of of uh, cigars worth of tobacco so down. yeah that is brutal jesus wow yeah that's really 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 bad <laughs> assuming uh, that on top of this that, yeah. though uh i don't know if you i don't know if you uh if you saw the stuff about the rollers in covid lot because i mean it, it it wrote about yeah you can you can mention it if you want i mean basically they're 50 percent capacity yeah and that's also i mean brutal. yeah exactly and that made me think about um 
like the saying that like a cigar goes through 100 hands before it arrives to you mm. and that it's such a natural and uh, a product that has to be taken care of in so many processes that like when you mm. take when the pandemic takes away sev- several of these hands then yeah. i mean the the logistics of it is very difficult to to um um yeah for like the companies to figure, to out. figure out um mm-hmm. and that it's in so many the tobacco is being like shifted in so many different places segments yeah, yeah. segments yeah. really has affected them hard yeah you're, yeah you're really right about that they can't get fertilizer they can't store their tobacco it's burning up everything and i think this you can tell i mean the issues are 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 yeah like tenfold really like you say and not only are are um the factories under capacity because of covid um but we've heard from other sources uh and you know in in cuban terms maybe the uh, the most reliable sources that half of the factories workforce have left and are on strike basically because of working conditions mm-hmm. and stuff in cuba um and this is from people that really know their their stuff there so you know that's really dangerous stuff i mean a lot of articles uh surfaced during covid uh basically cuba was hit really hard uh, obviously as a as an island with not a lot of economic resources already something like covid is not gonna be good for them and this has extended to the the factories and yeah it's, it's just really 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 bad that the fact that they're uh they're losing so many workers like ruben said yeah. they're they have tough tough time growing they have a tough time distributing and they're losing growers as well it's or rollers as well it's just it's messed up on every front yeah okay so we have increasing uh demand decreasing supply uh but cuba still think says that they will never sacrifice the quality of the <laughs> cigars uh to meet demand um what do you think about this lad yeah, I thought it was interesting that that they spoke at all. Uh, that we got a statement from Cuba. Uh, this is from an article that we read on simplycigars.co.uk. I think it's a UK distributor uh, or retailer. Uh, but yeah, they. I mean, obviously they're gonna speak speak like this. They they want to preserve their status as luxuri- most luxurious cigars, but that's obviously already bullshit because Cuba's already sacrificed their demand or sacrificed their quality year after year after year to meet demand <laughs> because. <laughs> From every single person that smoked Cuban cigars in the 80s, 90s, they're, they say objectively, and it's in unison, that yeah. Cuban cigars are much worse now than they've ever been. So that's obviously bullshit. I wanted to ponder, though, I mean, to, if you just, I mean, this is all hypothetical, mm-hmm. but I wanted to ask, what do you think, Lot? Like, do you think this, because I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely wondering, I mean, I'm having this thought over and over. Mm-hmm. Do you think this could actually mark the end of the dominance of Cuban cigars? Because people are inevitably going to stop smoking Cubans in one way or another mm-hmm. because they just don't exist on the shelves anymore, right? And there have been some other brands that have increased in demand uh, that you may w- want to mention. But like, do you think this could actually end it? Do you think... Do you think Cuba could be brought down by stuff like this? You know what? It's very interesting because I, I, also, I also just like really had to go through this in my head to figure out what I really think. And mm-hmm. um, I do believe that for like cigar smokers or people who are really into this as a hobby um, will like get the chance or will have to uh, take the chance to um, 
to go outside of Cuba because some people are really mm -hmm. pro, just pro Cuban. And when that starts to fail, then you'll have to go outside. So I definitely yeah. think that within like cigars as a, who hold it as a strong hobby of theirs, absolutely, it will mark a, um, I guess, turning point for like how mm -hmm. Cuban cigars uh, are seen. And, uh, and if the quality goes down as well, then definitely. Um, but I think in, in like the eyes of the, the public, Cuba will always like hold a certain standard. Um, and I think that, I mean, cigars outside of people who hold it as their hobby are associated with Cuba. That's just yeah, like how it are. is. Uh, and certainly now, like in emerging emerging markets, like in uh, in China and all that, Cuba is going to be a a the primary presence. Um, so it's it's I guess it's shifting, like where mm. um, this opinion comes from. But um, yeah. yeah, but definitely Europe no, will, be, uh, will be um, affected by it. Yeah, no, that's a good analysis. I think you're, I think you're right. The the the, the layman, the average Joe, mm -hmm. will still associate cigars with Cuba. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. How everyone that doesn't know anything about cigars thinks Cuba is the only option. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it'll it'll take decades on decades on decades for that to change, if it ever does. Um, if Cuba would fall, I mean, I think even if even if Cuba stopped producing cigars in 50 years, people would still exactly. think it. Like people that yeah. don't know anything about cigars will still think so. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, Vega Fina, the distributor in Spain uh, that distributes Vega Fina, uh, a brand that's uh, not really that available in the States. It's, it is expanding, but they they said that the uh, demand had doubled in the last year uh, from, from before. Mm -hmm. And that's very telling, right? So people yeah. are barely finding Cuban cigars and the ones that they find might be really bad quality or very expensive. So they're trying, they're, they're in a way forced to try non-Cubans. And I think that even though some people might be doing it reluctantly, inevitably, some people have to become changed a little bit yeah. where they'll see the quality of non-Cuban cigars. And they might, because we know so many Swedes here that refuse to smoke non-Cubans mm -hmm. and haven't done so for a decade plus, right? And if, they, if they're forced to try one, I think some people must, at least some people must realize that it is a very valid option outside of mm -hmm. Cuban cigars and it should be I think it, it, it should be an, an option yeah definitely um, I mean I completely agree you know yeah, it, yeah it's it's it'll be interesting to see in like three years what the effects of, of this is if, if there's still a shortage because if it's if it's as bad as it is right now for a sustained amount of period for for years to come I mean, it's 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 hard to it's hard to be a solely Cuban cigar smoker, right? Like, if you love the Vegas Robaina Famosos and that's like your go-to robusto, and you just cannot buy them, yeah. whatever you do for years, you have to look abroad, right? Yeah. Like you have to you have to look exactly. At other and now, especially when like uh, cigars that that Cuba will release, they're gonna get sold out immediately. Like when the lines become available mm -hmm. again, they're just gonna yeah. they're just gonna go because everyone's yeah. been waiting for them. And then it's, I mean, you're just not gonna be able to really walk into a store and pick up a Cohiba. You're gonna have mm -hmm. to like yeah. order it and be yeah. one of the first like drops. It's gonna be it's like some crazy merch drop. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's the way it is already. That was a good segue because I wanted to ask you. I, I'll give you a moment to stall because I already have. I've thought about this. 
uh, while while I was sort of drafting up uh, what we were going to chat yeah, yeah. about, you know, thinking about the topics, uh, it came to me that, that my like my biggest Cuban pet peeve, uh, and I wanted to ask you what your biggest yeah, Cuban pet peeve, it, it, whether it be how they smoke or how their production is or whatever it is, just whatever comes to mind. But I'll I'll start with with mine, and it it is it's the it's the reluctance of Abanos to to do exactly what they said in that interview to sacrifice demand mm-hmm. for quality because it pissed me off so much the fact that they're still releasing new cigars during this like in the spring of 2021 Cohiba rele- or announced that they were going to release a new Cohiba called Ambar mm-hmm. how are they releasing new Cohibas when they can't even come close to putting out enough of the Cohibas that already exist to me, that's that's I mean that's idiotic, right? As a business standpoint, if mm-hmm. you can't even make the stuff that you're already promising to make, how can you make new ones? It's just absolutely crazy. The biggest cohibas are always out of stock. Yeah. The 2020 Partagas, Le- uh, what is it called again? Legado limited yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah. The 2020 limited edition still hasn't yeah, been yeah. released. Yeah. What is Cuban? And they're still announcing 2021 limited edition. I know, they're and three of them. The and they're, the, the, sh- the smallest ring gauge is 52, followed by 55 and 57, I think, Insane. are the ring gauges. Insane. And, I mean, how are they going to do that with, with leaves that aren't big enough? I mean, these these leaves are, yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. This, You know, it's funny. Because we sound like haters. If anyone's like listening to this as the first podcast of ours or whatever, we love Cuban cigars. Yeah, I think that's why we're so passionate about yeah. this. But I'm just wondering also how how long it's going to be until until people don't take Abanos and their releases seriously. Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you've announced the 2020 limited edition and it's still not on the market, when do they just lose all credibility? You know yeah. what I mean? Like when do people just stop caring about the releases? Because mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we might see the 2020 limited edition in 2023 that's a joke right like yeah. a three-year delayed cigar is a joke that's not a serious company mm-hmm. um ha, ha, do you have a pet peeve ladder yeah yeah no i do i do uh, i do and uh, i guess it kind of uh like feeds from what we're talking about now but uh, just the way that um like cuba we will never really know what's going on behind the scenes yeah, I mean, there's little to no transparency, like in what they do, what their mm-hmm. decisions like come from, and that's why we're sitting here now and like pondering how can they do this, how can they do that. Yeah. But in the end, they're like this is their main export, pretty much like in the country, mm. and um, yeah. and they have to take uh, business de- decisions for like the the country's future. Uh, True and. Um, so that that will always be an effect into what they do in their production. Uh, so I guess that ties together with uh, what you were talking about as well, like with their production mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but just that, and and we've you, you also did this video on uh, like uh, conspiracies uh, behind the mm. uh, yeah Anichados line exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and just that um, yeah that there's no transparency really. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's a, you know that's a nice way to to tie a bow, uh, <laughs> to tie a little bow over this uh, over this this segment of our conversation because we started off talking about how extremely transparent all these other yeah. manufacturers are. The fact that we can DM Pete Johnson at will, mm-hmm. and then with Cuba, we don't even know who's running it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like that's that contrast is just nuts. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's crazy. 
So, so before we uh, we finish off, uh, actually, yeah, if you guys listen to that, you have more thoughts, more viewpoints. Maybe there's a lot of like murmurs under the surface. Like we've heard, like I said, I didn't want to reveal the sources because I don't know how much people want this to be out there. But like, there are there's a lot of talk under uh, underneath everything what's going on in Cuba. If you guys know anything more, or you want to discuss it, yeah. please, uh, as always, DM us. Um, but I wanted to end this on a funnier note. Um, we've done g- several <laughs> games like this before, lad, uh, where I make some stuff up and uh, some stuff okay, is real. Let's go. Uh, this is what I've been wanting to do for a long time because, and it's sort of, it, it does connect to this and Abanos and Cuba being stupid and weird. Basically, uh, this past fall, we saw a new release for the Nordic countries. Uh, maybe you saw me review it on Instagram and on our YouTube. It was the regional edition release mm-hmm. for uh, this, the Swedish and Norwegian, whatever, the Nordic markets, and it was called King of North, mm-hmm. which is a hilarious name because it screams either two things. Either they got the name wrong from the <laughs> Game of Thrones reference, and that could be very plausible as it's, as it's Cuba, <laughs> or they wanted to reference Game of Thrones, but they were afraid of rights issues, so they went with a wrong name on purpose. That's also hilarious. Just don't do either. Yeah. It's just a bad name. King of North is an awful name for a cigar in any yeah. case. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the funny thing is the regional edition series has been around for a decade and a half now, and they release several of these cigars every year. So obviously, King of North is not the oh, only yeah. bizarre and weird name out there. Um, and I'll preface this with, again, saying, like with the other games, it was almost harder to come up with stuff because when the more I researched, the, the weirder the, the stuff got. I mean, some of these names are utterly just absolutely bizarre. Okay. So <laughs> I've got, I think, like nine or ten of them. Nice lot. Uh, I'm not going to reveal how many are fake and how many are real, so you, can, so so you can't play any strategy, just uh, pure guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, and some of these will be completely made up, and some of these will be real. So, if you're ready, lad, if you're on your marks, Let's you guys go. can play along at home, obviously. <laughs> the first one we have is a Diplomaticos called Ammunition from 2018, which was released for the Middle Eastern market. Uh, yes. True. Yeah. True. And this is where it starts off where I'm wondering, what? <laughs> is this a play on the fact that the Middle East is plagued by tons of deadly wars? Because if so, that's extremely distasteful. What, like, what happened here? <laughs> what happened? Um, I don't know. Maybe that was the easiest way to ship it there, just marking the box ammunition. <laughs> Yeah. All right. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It might be a custom thing. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just, no, I, I find this so not, funny. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. Good start. The fact that the fact that they make a cigar. I mean, ammunition is an awful name for any any cigar, especially like a Cuban. And some of these names you'll see, like Cuba tries to be very classy with a lot of their stuff. Obviously, if you look at their Instagram, the way they market, they want to they want it to seem like this luxurious yeah. thing. But some of these names are just absurd. But that like, feels absurd super American, like the um, right. The, um, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, it's 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 weird that they would do it, and the fact that it's just for the Middle Eastern market yeah. is just the sprinkle on top. All right, next up, uh, Por la Ranyaga Scotch from 2010 for the Gran Bretagne region, the UK. Hmm. Scotch. I mean, I'm gonna say no because no because. Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, no, it's a bad name. Yeah, no, true. Uh, I made that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I made that one up. Uh, so that yeah, that's a, that's not a real real cigar for the UK. Um, so nice one there. Lord. Yeah. Um, next up, this is a Saint Louis Ray, the the brand. Yeah. Uh, and the name of this one is called Herfing. Oh. Um, and it is another Middle Eastern cigar from 2017 this time. Herfing. Yeah, like herf. Yeah, yeah. But okay. The verb of cool. it, herfing. Cool. Um, I mean. That feels a bit too off, maybe. Call it herfing. So <laughs> so I'm going to say that it's not the name. Wrong. It's a oh, real one. It's a real cigar, yeah. which is another weird one. I just wonder Seriously. how the... I think it's, it's, it's funny because the term herf, the people that have gone like behind it, they, they try to get the etymology, and it seems like it's supposedly a British term. So okay. it's weird that they would release a cigar called herfing for the yeah. Middle Eastern segment. So it's just a strange cigar. This actually got a lot of outrage. If you read on like the forums, like Friends of Abanos, people got really pissed because they basically said that this cigar, and then ammunition came out the year after. <laughs> Those two cigars, basically people are like, oh, Abanos are losing credibility now. Like they're just, oh, they're, okay. now they're just making stupid names to sell cigars, which I'm not sure if it's true, but Herfing is a funny name for a Cuban cigar. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's I didn't, weird. I didn't like, um, it, it's with the ammunition, like you said. It doesn't feel like Cuban. It feels, yeah. yeah. All right, next one, lad. This is a La Gloria Cubana mm-hmm. cigar. This one's called Unifree, uh, like the uh, like the duty-free, uh, oh, okay. uh, like the duty-free shop chain. And this is a 2018 release for Turkey. A duty-free release. <laughs> Regional. It's, yeah, it's basically like calling it yeah. like Gloria Cubana Costco or Walmart or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a duty free travel chain. Um, Uni free. Uh, please don't tell me it is true. <laughs> but what's your guess? Um, okay, I'm gonna say it is true. It is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fact is that they called it this. That they they called that the cigar. They, they've they've named a bunch of their other regional editions in partnership with like travel chains mm-hmm. like the ammunition it's actually like it's called diplomaticos ammunition but then it it's also it also says on the box like in in collaboration with the anniversary for phoenicia trading which is yeah, a middle okay. eastern distributor yeah. but this cigar they decided to actually name it unifree oh, after man. the shop so it's su- super just distasteful yeah, really bad i mean what's it gonna be 17 and 18 like, bad uh, names advertisements print on the like tube or on the box or whatever <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know it's it's a yeah just, just taste yeah. one all right uh rafael gonzalez panda or panda uh, the for the chinese market in 2011 um no fake fake yeah correct yeah. correct i try to think outside the box yeah, there yeah, yeah, uh yeah. you'll see why i guess why, why why i made that up yeah. uh later but yeah, that one is not real. Um, I guess some of these have been weirder than that, so it could have been. <laughs> yeah, no, it could have been, absolutely. All right, next up, Ramon Ayones Robusto XXL. So that's not the name of the Vitola, that's the name of the cigar itself. <laughs> Robusto XXL. And this is a Belux cigar, mm-hmm. uh, so Belgium and Luxembourg, from 2015. Um, okay, I don't know. Yeah, let's let's just say it's true. 
It is true. It is true. You've done, you've, I've, yeah, you've but, guessed some of them right, but you've done worse than normal here. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm actually yeah. happy overall with this round. It's just a weird name. Again, it's it's not classic Cuban. No, you know, exactly. Most yeah. of their limited edition and and their, their, their Spanish names, which I think that's like kind of the classy thing, calling them like Gloriosos or, you know, Legendas yeah. or Legados or whatever. Like King of Spanish North. names. Or, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. King of North, Ammunition, Robusto XXL. Yeah. It's just not not cool yeah, like, but now king of north doesn't seem cool that man. bad anymore right yeah <laughs> but to be honest it's still hilarious yeah but, yeah okay sure. um next up lot uh juan lopez maple syrup canada 2015 <laughs> okay this is true this is what you based it off it wasn't it no what it's fake. Oh, okay no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah got you good <laughs> No, that one's not true. That, I mean, the, the fact that you would that you thought it is kind of funny because I mean that says how bad some of these things are. The fact <laughs> yeah. that they might call a cigar maple syrup. Maple syrup. <laughs> it's just so it feels like when you don't yeah. know anything about Canada, just throw in something that's like a yeah, <laughs> yeah, like ammunition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have war over there, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Next up, lot La Flor de Cano is the brand, obviously. Extraños. Regional edition, Mexico 2014. Extraños means weird or bizarre in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Strange. Okay, this this one is true. Wrong. Damn. I made that one up. Nice. That's one of the first ones I made up. I don't know why I kept it in because that one sounds so much realer than the other yeah, fake yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, um, So, yeah. Just no, goes to show that it's that not one. that difficult to make, like, a, a good name for it, right? Like... Yeah, but it was... That would be weird if you speak Spanish. <laughs> Extraños would be yeah. super weird. Uh, Absolutely. Name. All right, last one, lad. Gladiator. This is a La Gloria Cubana for the Andes region, the Andes, mm-hmm. uh, like the yeah, Chilean yeah, yeah. Andes. Like I think I think it would be Ch- the Andes ones are Chilean Argentina, I think, okay. or Peru maybe. Yeah. Twenty ten, Gladiator. Gladiator. Um. Yeah, that's true. Correct, Mundo. Correct. Oh, this is uh, Ramon Ayones. Sorry. I got, oh, okay. Yeah, Ramon Ayones, Gladiator, uh, which is a weird weird one, right? I don't know what gladiators have to do with that. I mean, it has nothing to do with it, right? Wouldn't that be Italian or something? Rome? Yeah, it would. Probably just <laughs> a name that... that, that <laughs> okay, so the reason I said Panda is there's a, there was a, an, a cigar called Oryx for guitar. And Oryx um. is a, like an antelope-like animal. I don't know if you know. They have like the long yeah. horns. So that that's a one. Then the, there, there's one called Bushido for the Asia Pacific market. Bushido is like the samurai code. Uh-huh. Okay. That's another real one. These are just some crazy ones mm-hmm. that I found. That's that that one's cool. It's crazy, but it's cool. I I, I respect yeah. Bushido. That's a cool yeah. one. Before our time, lad, us in the Nordics got a, a Nordic one called Vikingos, which is the plural of Vikings in Spanish. Okay, that's pretty cool. It's cooler when it's in Spanish, yeah. right? Like El Rey del Norte would have been cooler than the King of the North, like <laughs> yeah. King of North. Um, and a Costa Rica 2021 called Pura Vida, which is like kind oh, of the slogan damn. of Costa it Rica. It is, yeah, right? it is. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Exactly. So yeah, okay. Some some better ones. They got they got they got better with the later years, but um, it just goes to show, like like you say, how how Cuba is just uh, we don't know who who who's their marketing yeah. team. Like who made these names up? You know? <laughs> Did they like play spin the wheel or something <laughs> on these names? <laughs> <laughs> I think you went like I think you got like six out of ten. Yeah, it was pretty. So. I had a, like a losing streak of three there, or like a missed streak of three. Yeah, yeah. 
I did better than most times. Yeah, which, nicely uh, done, lad. Happy. Fun game. Uh, cheers. <laughs> yeah, I got to come up with more of these now that I've that I that I know how to trick you a little better yeah. than, than the first ones. You're in a kind of a playful mood now. You made the the cigar wordle. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll see, Lado. After this call, you can make up one, and I'll put it up yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Can make another wordle. I, a lot of people play the game. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could see how people did. But by the if someone listened and they missed it, it was on the story. If you guys play Wordle, I made a cigar-related one today. The word was punch as the brand. Yeah. Uh, the Cuban brand, and there's a non-Cuban version. Um, but it was hard to find uh, five-letter words. Most of them were yeah. like six letters. Yeah, I was thinking, um, like... What what should I enter yeah. first? And I was like stogy, but then you can you can, go cigar. <laughs> yeah. you can go cigar. You can go cigar. Cigar is five. <laughs> um, yeah. Now this is a sporadic episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed it anyway. Uh, we'll uh, we'll let you go now. Yeah, it was fun being back uh, on the always... on the mic with you, lad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we got to do these more regularly, yeah. like we promised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers, guys, for listening as always. Thank you, guys. Yeah, cheers. Uh, we will see you whenever we come back. Yeah. <laughs> the next one. <laughs> cheers, guys. Cheers.